Welcome to Universal Joint Podcast. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host, Dustin Fuse, and I are recording this podcast on Sunday, May 30th, 2021. Um, it's in the middle of a long, soggy Memorial Day weekend down here in the States, Dustin. As, as I understand it, Canada takes a, a somewhat different approach toward honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice in service of their country. You, you guys have Canada Day, is that right? July 1st? Yeah, and then we've also got Remembrance Day in November, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we we have some different uh, holidays. We actually just had Victoria Day mm-hmm. uh, last weekend, so it's it's great. I I feel so bad that you're having to deal with some uh, some horrible weather down there mm-hmm. um, because up here it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Everyone's getting out and enjoying the sun. Although we can't go into stores or anything like that, but we're still having great weather. Well, that's nice to, to, to hear. But in, in, well, we have weather like this, and, and it's it, you know it, it, it's historic cold down here for for this time of year. We've been hitting the 30s and 40s at night, so you know it, it's a time when one might want a warm beverage. And you have news about warm beverages coming out of Universal Orlando. Yeah, breaking news, as mm. uh, folks like to say. Uh, Harry Potter, all the, the the amazingness that comes from the food and beverage at the Wizarding World, they've now put out that Butterbeer is going to be available in its hot version year-round. Really? Yeah, um, talk about breaking news, right? <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's, speaking of, of beverage-related stuff, I'm, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, Harry Potter flagship store that's going to be opening in New York City, I want to say, first week or so in July. Yeah, I've seen videos going through it already. Uh, it's such a cool store. Well, what's kind of intriguing, at least to me, is they're going to sell butterbeer there. But I, you know, it, and again, it just it, it kind of gives you a, a, a sad look into you know <laughs> what excites me. And you know, just and the notion was they actually showed that you know the souvenir mug that they're going to sell at the store for butterbeer. They actually have a station set up within the store where you can go and wash your souvenir mug before you head on out to the streets of New York. And what was so funny that, you know, when this image showed up on Twitter, immediately fans of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at the Universal Parks were like, we need this at, <laughs> you know, at the at the Universal Parks. You know, I, I, I don't want to take my sticky mug back, you know, to the to hotel. And it's like, OK, well, I, I did the same thing with my uh, Flaming Mo or Flaming Home. As as mm-hmm. we all understand it, you get the souvenir uh, glass, and do you really want to carry around that sticky used thing? But at the end of the day, it, you go, you find a, a nice little water fountain, get some napkins, and then you throw it in the suitcase, and it's right actually in front of me, right next to my uh, ET stuffed animal right here at the the studio. So it's great. Mm, okay, cool, cool. All right. So anyway, again, uh, long over today weekend, at least down here in the states, is the unofficial start of summer. And what was kind of interesting is <laughs> after kind of all of us being cooped up with COVID for the past 14 months or so, according to the AAA, 37 million Americans were expected to hit the road uh, on this three-day weekend. And judging by the, the images that were posted on Friday, uh, at least half of those folks drove to the Universal Orlando Resort and then got in line to enter that that giant parking garage complex they have there that, you know, what is it, has room for over 20,000 cars and so why did so many people head to uh, Universal Orlando for Memorial Day? Well, 
For starters, uh, we have the Velocicoaster, which is not officially supposed to open till June 10th. Um, but uh, right after the annual pass holder previews that were held, what, May 2nd through the 5th, um, this attraction, this thrill ride, uh, then entered soft opening mode and then became available to day guests starting on May 7th. And I, I think, I, you know, what was it? Just this past Friday, the official POV ride-on version uh, dropped, uh, you know, for Velocicoaster on, I want to say, the Universal or official Universal Lando Parks blog. Did you check that out? Yeah, and I think the the fact that you have these POV uh, mm-hmm. official videos coming out it makes sense because up to this point a lot of the fan sites and a lot of the youtube community would try to be the first Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh there were and are you know velocicoaster povs out there but i think universal realized that with so many people at home Mm -hmm. and not being able to travel or planning to travel they wanted to make sure that you had something to look forward to and i love the sound effects i love that they did it at the right time of day Mm -hmm. i can't wait to see if they're going to do a nighttime one but it looked amazing and once again i'm so jealous of everyone who's had that opportunity to jump in line Mm -hmm. uh and play with the velocicoaster now speaking of of you know uh, well soon to be released footage uh, you were mentioning as we were pre-gaming today's podcast that uh, what Colin Trevorrow has some news uh, that's Jurassic World related, right? Yeah, so uh, Jurassic World Three, also known as Jurassic World Dominion, uh, is going to be huge, and uh, the director teased that the trailer is coming out sooner than you think. Uh, quote. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sooner than you think. (laughs) I can't talk about it just yet. We've got something fun planned, and it has everything to do with getting people back into the movie theaters, end quote. I can't wait for this. What's interesting, though, is that uh, this is going to be one of those stories of a movie that was filming during uh, the COVID pandemic that it's going to be all focused around how they were able to create this incredible experience during things like having uh, cast and crew isolated in a bubble and having uh, apparently the mm-hmm. the number of COVID tests for this movie was around 40,000. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that type of thing that's going to come out. And I'm very excited to see how they did it. But, you know, I'm just more excited to see this movie. <laughs> um, forgive me for tossing this out here. Because, mm-hmm. again, this is just a, a I, I believe the, the, the acronym is WAG, a wild-ass guess on my part. But, um, you know, look, uh, Fast and Furious 9 mm-hmm. opens in the States on June 25th. And, you know, it's it's already open at international, you know, uh, you know uh, lots of spots, uh, China, eight other territories. And we'll talk a bit more about it in the second half of today's show. But given what he's teasing here and, you know, saying sooner than later, wouldn't it stand to reason that when Fast 9 drops in theaters in the States that they're, you know, wouldn't you put 
um, a, a Jurassic World 3 trailer in front of that film? That's Just a saying. great, that's, you know, marketing 101 right there. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I think we're also looking at the potential of possibly seeing what they are doing with Fast 9 with uh, the lead up to that, which we talked about on the last show. Maybe they do the same mm-hmm. thing with the Jurassic Park franchise. There is a lot of potential on what they're going to do. And depending on what markets they're trying to get into, that's going to dictate how much money they're going to be spending on this. But yeah, you know, we're it's it's a movie that people are interested in seeing because they're bringing everyone back. And I think that's just going to be fun to see. Okay. Now, speaking of people coming back, and again, we were just talking about record crowds coming out to uh, you know the Universal Orlando Resort for the Memorial Day weekend. But let's be honest, it, it, it's not just on the back of Velocicoaster. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed, you know, just since we recorded our last show. Uh, you, know, you know, take, for example, what was it? You know, uh, uh, May 6th, Universal Orlando drops the mandatory temperature checks before you, you can enter the, have to enter the theme parks. Uh, then uh, May 14th, word comes down that guests at, at the Universal Orlando Resort are no longer required to wear face coverings when they're outdoors on theme park property. You know, this wasn't something that Universal came up on its own. It came on the back of new guidance that had been issued earlier that same week from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention in regard to mask usage. Uh, that guidance still called for people to continue to wear face coverings in crowded indoor settings like, say, the queues of attractions. But if guests were outside in the theme parks or resorts, they could keep their mask off. Uh, and just so you know, uh, as soon as Universal Orlando made this res- uh, announcement, SeaWorld and Walt Disney World quickly followed suit and guests at those theme parks, uh, who were outside could stop wearing face covering. And then just yesterday, uh, Saturday, May 29th, uh, word came down that fully vaccinated guests were no longer required to wear masks indoors. Now, where this gets interesting is Universal Orlando team members, even the ones that are fully vaccinated, still have to wear face coverings. Uh, and and it's out of an abundance of caution, or so says a Universal Orlando spokesperson. And we should also note here that, that what sort of got the ball rolling here was, what was it? It was back on March 19th uh, when the CDC decided that, you know, we could go from you know, when it came to social distancing, we could go from six feet to three feet. And, you know, it, in fact, it was interesting watching, you know, all the people at Disney who had been in charge of laying down the various stickers, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, okay, this is six feet and this is six feet and some suddenly run, run out to get more. So it's like, okay, this is three feet. Now, you know, but I, I have to say, given how quickly things have changed uh, in the past month, in regard to, you know, how we're handling COVID. I, I just, I, I wonder what your thoughts are, Dustin, because obviously things are a bit different up in Canada right now. I mean, you guys are, are on the other side of your third wave of COVID uh, at, at this point. And I, I want to say this past week, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau said that he is hopeful, given the accelerated rate of vaccination within the populace, that 
Canada as a nation could return to a normal way of life by this fall. Am I getting that right? Yeah, you're you're on the right track. And uh, what we've realized up here is that there's a, a difference of um, policy from province to province and mm-hmm. also from folks within different industries. Uh, so we're seeing the amount of activities that folks in the U.S. Uh, are able to do. And up here in Toronto, for example, uh, we're still technically in a stay-at-home order and uh, no essential retail or non-essential retail is still closed. For example, we can't go to the Disney store. We can't go to the mall and buy pants. We can't do any of that. I was actually telling uh, telling you earlier that uh, we went to the dollar store this morning and you couldn't even go and buy candles for a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of differences of what's going on uh, for country to country. But I think the the question that you you asked about um, perhaps things being a little bit too quick for mm-hmm. some folks, that's not just up here in Canada. I think that's also folks down in the States because mm-hmm. the idea behind going to a theme park is you're supposed to be able to escape reality. Mm-hmm. And then you have masks and then mm-hmm. you have social distancing. And within such a short amount of time, Ironically, right before the major weekend, Memorial Day weekend, they start to say that you don't have to social distance, you don't have to wear masks, you don't have to do a lot of the, the things that folks in, uh, in Florida and you know, team members were saying. You were just talking about, you know, for example, again, you know, folks, we've been, you know, prepping this show for a couple of weeks yet. And it was like just trying to stay on top of the news. Well, explain about what was it, the, the, the river ride and the plexi. Oh, yeah. So uh, I had this, you know, perfect thing that we were going to talk about how the river adventure, you didn't have to wear a mask because it was outdoors and it was a water attraction. And then they started to take down the plexiglass. And then they, you know, a couple of days ago, they they said, you can now go in every row. And I'm sitting here like constantly updating my my notes, getting ready for the recording. And then they say, well, now you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. You don't have to, you know, social distance. And I'm still sitting here like we're still in a stay at home order up here. And what a lot of folks are realizing is that every location that you're thinking about from Universal Orlando to Universal Studios Hollywood and around the globe, everyone's dealing with a different reality. So, yeah, up here, completely different. What we also find funny is that if you were to drive across the border, say, Mm. from Quebec into New Hampshire, Mm. that's two different worlds at this point. It is. It is. But at the same time, you know, I mean, face it, we've been dealing with this for 14, 15 months at this point. And it's, you know, take, for example, that whole fully vaccinated guests are no longer required to wear masks indoors thing. I, you know, and mm-hmm. just, and the thing is that Universal Orlando is just going to take people at their word here. That here's the pertinent quote from a, a resort spokesperson. While we will not require proof of vaccination, we do expect our guests to comply with this revised policy and use face coverings if they have not been vaccinated. So, okay, just just to be clear here, we're we're now all supposed to assume that when we see someone coming at us in a theme park and they're not wearing a mask, that guest is complying with Universal's new policy. And if they're there in the park enjoying themselves, that guest must be fully vaccinated. And <laughs> I, 
Are you familiar with the old Russian proverb? Uh, I, I believe it goes "dovii no provii." You know, uh, actually, again, if you you know your American history, this is this is Reagan and, and Gorbachev, and the, the English translation is basically "trust." But verify, as in a responsible and intelligent person always verifies something before he or she commits to a course of action. And as of two days ago, only 41% of the population here in the States has been fully vaccinated. Um, I, you know, that doesn't give me overwhelming confidence, you know, again, those aren't great odds. And I say that as a, a 62 year old guy who's been fully vaccinated since the tail end of April. But that also doesn't include the the kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I remember correctly, and we're we're getting into a, a different you know spin of things. Yeah. But if you're in the theme parks, you're bringing your family, yeah. and uh, I don't believe there. As of this recording, believe me, by the time this comes out, there's a good chance that things can change. Yes, yes, um, things have been crazy dynamic. So you know that, that. But if if kids are, I believe, under the age of twelve, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of vaccinations happening for. For that age group, those are the the age bracket that's usually in theme parks. Mm. So there's a lot of conversation going around whether or not you are safe to go to theme parks. And I still believe you are mm. as long as you're taking the proper precautions. But if they're saying you, you don't have to wear coverings, you don't have to social distance. I was looking at videos earlier today from Universal, mm-hmm. and it's a spot where I'm like, okay, just... If you don't like crowds in general, mm-hmm. not even during a pandemic, if you don't like crowds, don't go to theme parks during Memorial Day weekend. It's always bonkers. Yeah. We'll see what will happen coming soon. But, you know, if we're thinking theme parks getting back to normal, I don't know. Well, speaking of, of theme parks getting back to normal, you know, face it, the other part of the equation is staffing. And, Absolutely. You know, and in fact... Um, I, I, I want to circle back to a quote that Bob Chapek, uh, this came out of the most recent uh, Walt Disney Company quarterly earnings call. Uh, this was uh, back on May 13th. And so Disney CEO says about 80% of Disney World employees have returned to their park roles. And we've had no problem whatsoever with getting workers to return. And, you know, and what was interesting is the investment community basically was like, liar, liar, pants on fire, <laughs> you know, because it was one of these things, wait a minute, you know, you said 80% came back, where's the other 20%? And, you know, and we had no problem whatsoever with getting people to return. So, you know, and, and, and the interesting thing is, you know, everyone in the investing community waited for that shoe to drop, and sure enough, it did, but not from the place anybody expected. And do you want to talk about, you know, how, what was it, just this past week, Universal jumped its starting wage or, or it, it, its wage for starting team members? Yeah, really great news, I guess, coming out of Universal. Uh Effective June 27th, Universal will be increasing our starting base rate to $15 per hour, as well as increasing many of our starting rates across the business, up to and including entry-level salaried roles. 
In addition, many team members will receive a raise based on the new rates and their time with the company, and they'll provide more details on how this will personally affect the individual team members. But yeah, that's uh, that shows that there's a difference in the market for uh, employees and trying to fill these positions, not just at Universal, but across the board. Yeah. Now, it's worth noting here that Universal started or jumped its starting wage for, you know, newly hired team members from $13 an hour to $15 an hour. It's a lot. According to them, it's the largest individual uh, increase in wages in the history of, of the resort. But also worth noting here is that, um, you know, think about it. You know, they, they, they had to do this because it's a far tighter uh, labor pool now in Central Florida, and and we knew this because back in April we actually saw the Walt Disney Company relax its dress and appearance codes, uh, you know, for uh, new hires, you know, to the effect of you know the first time ever Disney was willing to hire qualified candidates that had visible tattoos and uh, what was the other phrase? Oh, gender inclusive hairstyles. So the fact that Disney had to do that back in April told us already that, you know, you know they were having t- a tougher time, you know, getting bodies through the door. Uh, and in mm-hmm. fact, and, and you were talking, uh, you know, as we were pre-gaming about uh, the college program. And, uh, and, and yeah, that, that there's been some interesting news for Disney and Universal, uh, in regards to that as well. Uh, I guess they announced that they were starting up the college program before they had necessarily reached out to the universities and colleges that are part of the program. And they were like, yeah, interesting thing there. We're having trouble getting the kids coming back here too. Uh, you know, so the notion of, you know, the labor pool that they assumed would be there, you know, that, that kids returning to physical schools, uh, at this point, at, at, at you know, the, the universities are struggling, you know, uh, universities are struggling in much the same way as uh, Universal and Disney are. So, um, yeah, um, interesting time. Now, just to be clear here that, uh, and in fact, we've been talking about crowds and, 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 you know, how crowded it was over the long Memorial Day weekend. And we, I want to stress here that neither the Universal Parks or the Disney Parks at this point are operating at full capacity. They're, they're not yet, anyway. Um, uh, here's a key quote from a Universal Orlando spokesperson. We always manage attendance to provide a safe and enjoyable guest experience, but plan to return to pre-COVID attendance levels as staffing and operational conditions allow. Long story short, we don't have the bodies right now to get back to full capacity, and we're still doing... You know, still getting our arms around this COVID thing. So we are months away from this happening on either coast. Um, oh, uh, speaking of, of, of the West Coast, uh, we should probably talk about what's going on at Universal Studios Hollywood. I think we mentioned on the previous show that theme park's Secret Life of Pets off the leash attraction finally opened on April 15th. And 
People love the queue that takes you through the various apartments where the creatures from those two Illumination films live. And a, a real highlight of the queue for that attraction is the room where you encounter an animatronic Captain Snowball. But did you see what just opened at Universal Studios Hollywood on the, the upper lot uh, six days ago? Yeah, it looks like you can actually have a full-fledged conversation with Captain Snowball, which is incredibly cool. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that they're having a character interact um, with the crowds and he's actually up on his balcony Mm -hmm. and he's, uh, you know, shouting down to guests Mm -hmm. as they're they're passing by. Mm -hmm. Very similar to any interactive experience that you see within the theme parks where you'll have a a voice actor able to have conversations similar to the donkey from uh, Shrek Mm -hmm. or um, even the, the water fountain. That's true. You know, I w- was also thinking of what uh, Mr. Ping. Yes, uh, they do that thing for for Chinese New Year, where you know that they'll set up his noodle shop, and you know Mr. Ping will interact with guests and happily pose for selfies and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I I have to admit, uh, you know, from what I've seen of the the footage so far, looks like a lot of fun. And they also, you know, they kind of caught a lucky break in that you know Kevin Hart was the voice of Captain Snowball. So, you know, this character, you know, can be loud and obnoxious, which works in a theme park. Mm-hmm. You know, that that you know, that that, that you, know, you you that way you can hear him when he's up on his balcony yelling down at you. It, it's super interesting though that it's around the area of the mm-hmm. uh the old Walking Dead walkthrough it attraction is. because it is. what's going to happen with Halloween Horror Nights this year? Well, you know, that that's I, I would imagine they'll just dress him up in his Captain Snowball outfit and he will, you know, hassle people <laughs> as they go by. Um, uh, now, speaking of, of recent openings, we have to talk about the Jurassic uh, World Tribute Store, which just opened at uh, Universal Studios Florida uh, back on May 27th. Absolutely. And the big thing to keep in mind is that, once again, Jim and myself have not been able to go down to the theme park. Mm-hmm. So we're living vicariously through our friends like, you know, BioReconstruct and Alicia Stella. But with the Tribute Store, which, by the way, is one of the most versatile merchandise locations in that park. I love how it reinvents itself all the time. Yeah, I have to admit from um, just, you know, the the three most recent uh, versions, when we went from the Christmas store with the, uh, I'm blanking the name of the squirrel, uh, to then what they did for the... Uh, Earl. Earl you know, the squirrel. Earl the squirrel. Uh, but yeah, no, if you think about it, the, the, what they did for Halloween Horror Night going into then uh, their Christmas program and then... Uh, you know, to, straight into their Mardi Gras stuff mm-hmm. to now this. And each time, I mean, the physical plant stays the same, but, yep. but the fact that, you know, that they, they just, they come across with such dynamic new spaces. Uh, you know, it just, absolutely, you know, just kind of startling. Yeah. So this one, um, if you haven't seen the videos, please go. Uh, mm-hmm. You will absolutely just adore the the level of detail that went into it. So uh, you walk in, you get to the control room, which is the Velocicoaster uh, control room. They've got videos set up. They've got all the new merchandise, grand opening stuff, and just a lot of details. Then you go from there into the Raptor Paddock, which I think is just a blast because you get to see just the, once again, the level of detail. They've got 
got things like the U-Design uh, uh, phone cases, personalized metal wall signs. They've got the Magic Company candles, uh, which are really cool. They brought out designs um, and scents like the East Dock, Churro Stand, Sorno Redwoods, Pack Hunt, that kind of thing. But one of the things that we're famous for here on the Universal Joint is the Moldorama. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I forgive me, you know, that uh, I want to say Twitter, uh, you know, erupted when they, they they showed the images of the uh, what the T Rex and the sauropod uh, that you can get yes. at at this thing, and initially. It's like you know the 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 Twitter sphere was like oh oh these are you know these are not up to date you know takes on <laughs> on on dinosaurs and you know and again Jurassic World and Jurassic Park likes to be cutting edge and and I'm looking at it and I'm totally geeking out because like no 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 guys you don't get it these are the you know the 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 actual moldomatic figures you're looking at here these were created for the 1964-1965 New York World's Fair in fact the only place you could get them is at the Sinclair Dinoland exhibit at the fair and that you know that this was the souvenir uh that you could pick up after you walked through the space and they had these full-size dinosaurs but again they were full-size dinosaurs as, you know, from the way we thought about dinosaurs back in the 60s, in fact, the crazy part of it is that they actually based the designs of the dinosaurs that were in this exhibit on Charles R. Knight's paintings of dinosaurs. In fact, you know, what's so funny is I can tell you the exact painting they based this thing on. You can go to the Yale Peabody Museum of Natural History and Charles' painting of, you know, again, a T-Rex standing upright and a, you know, sauropod standing in the middle of the swamp. That's where it came from. And it just sort of like, and the fact that, you know, our thinking on dinosaurs has evolved so much at this point. In fact, you know, it just, it was so funny uh, have you seen Mitchell versus the Machines just yet? No, not yet. It's on the list. Okay. Well, they have a, the 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 son character in that. Uh, I empathize very heavily with because when I was a kid, I was so into dinosaurs. There's a wonderful scene in the, in the movie where the, the kid has the phone book open and he's literally calling people. He's like, hello, would you like to talk about dinosaurs? Okay, thank you. And then crosses the name off of in the <laughs> phone book. But there's there's a moment where he bonds with another nerd girl in in, in the neighborhood. You know, because, you know, they're both looking at dinosaurs and the girl kind of just casually mentions, well, it would be more authentic, realistic if it if that it had feathers and the little boy just sort of like you know you know did get a huge smile on his face as he's met the love of his life because this is a girl <laughs> who knows that you know our perception now of dinosaurs is they'd have feathers so you know yeah. I, but again that's the thing I'm 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 old enough that I, I remember when the T Rexes walked upright and they were slow and they were cold blooded and it's like you know we 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 change and so much. And I, I remember when, you know, in, in the first Jurassic Park, the the entire plot was to try and get those um, the the samples into the Barbasol yes. uh, shaving yep. cream can, which, by mm-hmm. the way, they have the screen used prop in the this, uh, Tribute Center, in addition to the Dinosaur Detectives book. Mm-hmm. 
and the screen-used hat of Alan Grant. Wow. Lots of stuff in there. I okay. think that, you know, similar to the uh, outside studio store that they, they just put into City Walk, same level of detail. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get these um, props and this, this story mm-hmm. into a completely different world. So that's the Raptor Paddock. And then in the lab, they have a behind-the-scenes uh, look of just a lot of stuff. They also have, and I... Once again, I can't wait to get down there. My credit card and my debit card in my pocket are just burning a hole. They have Mr. DNA merchandise. Yeah. I I want it all. I want the hat. I want, I'll I'll do a sweatshirt, uh, whatever it takes. Don't they also have, what is it? It, When you get it to the food section, again, that carried over from... Mardi Gras and you know, Earl the Squirrel's Tree Farm and all that. Don't they have like yeah. insects in amber candy or you know or some sort of baked goods that? Yeah, <laughs> they've got the amber gummy for seven bucks. Mm-hmm. They've got a chocolate egg that you can crack into, and there's a dinosaur inside. Mm-hmm. They've got fudge followed by fudge on top of fudge. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of blues and grays in that mm-hmm. uh, that cabinet. But yes, I want once again want to be down there. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's doing it jealous but the other thing that i would uh kind of look at Mm. is just the level of detail that's going into this um uh this store and how so many people are going to think that they're done as soon as they've handed over their uh their form of payment no if you get to the very end you have to get a selfie with the statue of John Hammond, which is an actual screen-used statue uh, from the Jurassic World film. Oh, oh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully shortly. Again, but again, you know, the the one thing you know with the, the tribute stores is they're relatively short-lived. I mean, I I, I don't think yeah. you know one of them <laughs> has lasted more than two and three months at this point, and it's just. You know, for those of us who have been watching from a distance, like, ah, missed that one, ah, missed that one. Uh, speaking of things I think I'm going to miss, um, have you heard about this new DreamWorks destination uh, attraction, the thing that, that replaced a, a day in the park with Barney? Yeah, you go into a building and mm. there's some high energy team members that are dancing mm. like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It looks like we've got what Puss in Boots, King Julian, Alex, uh, Guy Diamond. There's it's all the DreamWorks characters just dancing yep. and getting selfies. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I honestly kind of feel bad. For the folks in Universal Entertainment, because you can almost see the timeline here. You know that that they were, you know, shutting down. Uh, you know the the Barney attraction. They had this space in the kids zone. They had this wonderful theater set up, uh, and at the same time, you know, they were. It was a tough time for people to do meet and greets and that sort of thing uh, with the characters, obviously because of COVID. So. Somebody must have come up with with the show idea, with the notion that you know. In fact, what's interesting when you watch the the videos from the the team member previews, and my understanding that that's that's the mode the attraction's in right now. It hasn't opened to the public officially. It's in team member preview mode, 
And, you know, the notion is that, that they talk about, okay, you know, that first you get the, the and you, you're right, it, it's, it's amazing dancing, you know, and especially amazing dancing for the people who are in those suits, you know, I, yeah. with, you know, the weight of them, the sight lines, the fact they can dance that well is stunning. Um, but yeah, it, you know, they, they then pause in the dancing and the whole notion is, okay, if you're number one, step up here and you get your picture taken with King Julian, then move to the next number one, you know, and then, uh, what is it? They, 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 the the three characters that are on stage exit and then three more characters dance in but again you know the whole notion was that it's it's a show that's set up first you know the, the, to respect social distancing you know and yeah. and it's just the past month between you know social distancing going from three to six feet to three feet and then you know uh you know the the the, the fact that you know we, we, all the things we were just talking about, about the, the, the covert safety things about, you know, mask indoors, you know, oh no, no more mask indoors. And, um, I just, I have the uneasy feeling that this is a show whose expiration date is happening right now. You know, be- is this the first time that we've seen a potential attraction be announced, be set up and actually not make it to a map by the time that it's canceled? I don't you know, see, but the thing is, I don't think, you know, I think the DreamWorks destination idea will survive. I just think they're, they're mm-hmm. going to have to mutate it because this was done, was created to be low capacity, uh, you know, done on the, you know, create, you know, on, on the back of people want to have their pictures taken with the characters um so they're going to have to somehow mutate it for larger audiences because face it you can now you know in much the same way you were describing removing the uh the plexiglass uh in the river adventure and filling up all the rows you know you can now fill up that entire theater because we're not doing the six feet thing anymore you know Uh, yeah they'll probably end up doing kind of what they did with the epcot character spots and you know just set up a a spot inside but they're they're such important characters within the universal oh, very much uh, so. resort very much so. that I don't think that they'll keep a King Julian or a Poe or a Guy Diamond inside of a location when they can plop them in front of, you know, the fork in the road at Islands of Adventure. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens here. But what's uh, but again, you know, you always have to remember <laughs> with these multinational corporations that, you know, own theme parks that, you know, they, they always view them as, you know, promotional devices. And what's interesting yep. is people are making their way through the queue of the DreamWorks Destination show. Uh, you know, they have to pass all these flat screens that are doing a promotion for Spirit Untamed, the new DreamWorks movie that will be opening at theaters on on uh, June 4th. And I have to assume that they're also pushing Boss Baby 2, the, the family business, the, the sequel mm-hmm. that – by the way, I originally was supposed to be released to theaters on September 17th and just got moved up to July 2nd, which tells you a lot about how the company feels about this film because you don't move uh, you know, a film into summer blockbuster season if you're not fairly certain you have a summer blockbuster on your hands. Um, mm-hmm. Now, speaking, though, of cross-promotion, have you heard anything about um, you know Camp Cretaceous being promoted over IOA and in Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. I mean, they just dropped 10 new episodes of the show back on May 21st. And you'd think, given that that that's supposed to be a, a big hit for Netflix and more to the point, you know, you know, little kids who already love dinosaurs love it even more because of Camp Cretaceous. Are, are they doing anything over there? 
I I haven't seen a lot, but as you said, there's there's new stuff popping up all the time uh, at Universal mm-hmm. Studios Hollywood. They just opened up the Dino Play for Kids, which is the Fossil Dig site and the Jungle Climber mm-hmm. and Rope Bridge right next to the Jurassic mm-hmm. World ride. And then they also just opened up the second uh, Raptor for the meet and greet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bravo oh, is now right. meeting uh, interchangeably right. with Blue. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that with a theme park with Isles of Adventure and then with Universal Studios Hollywood, so in in tune with the Jurassic World franchise mm-hmm. that there would be Camp Cretaceous stuff all over the place. Yeah, I think Alicia Stella at one point was showing photos of uh, or it was a, maybe Carly Wiseau, uh, you know, that there was the equivalent of a, uh, a Camp Cretaceous uh, keychain thing. In fact, oh, nice. you know, I think they were probably showing off their bumpy, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and I want a bumpy too. Oh, uh, speaking of in-park promotions, uh, when uh, Dustin and I get back, we will talk about the Universal Parks and the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games and what's going on in the parks with that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And we're back. Okay, so we were just talking about the Tokyo Olympic Games. Okay, we are now less than eight weeks out uh, from you know this event, which was originally supposed to get underway in Japan last July. Um and in fact, you know, you know, if, if we're, we're being completely honest here. Um, remember what was it? That Super Mario or Super Super Nintendo World mm-hmm. uh, was actually created, you know, with the notion of we will have this open uh, at Universal Studios Japan and Osaka in time to take advantage of that huge influx of tourists who will be coming to the Olympic Games, you know, in Tokyo in 2020, and obviously. You know, COVID-19 knocked that off schedule. Um, but anyway, I, if all goes according to plan, the delayed version of the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games will get underway on uh, Friday, July 23rd. And right now, folks, that's a pretty big if, uh, given that just this past Friday, the Japanese government extended the state of emergency covering major cities in that country. Uh, which was put in place back in April, April 25th to be exact, in an effort to contain yet another flare-up of the pandemic. Um, anyway, the state of emergency in Japan, which covers the capital of Tokyo, Osaka, again, that's where Universal Studios Japan is, and seven other uh, prefectures, uh, it's just been extended through June 20th of this year, which is less than five weeks from the start of the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games. Um, and now I bring this up because, if, if again, we were talking about the record crowds, you know, down at the Universal Orlando Resort, uh, you know, for the Memorial Day weekend. And a lot of folks, to, you know, just over these last couple of days are, are marching through the gateway, uh, you know, through the giant arch that leads into Universal Studios Florida. 
and they're encountering a pretty big push for the Olympic Games. Okay, so let's start with that archway. Uh, as you, you pass under it, you pass under a giant red medallion uh, that reminds you that the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games will be held July 23rd through August 8th of this year. More importantly, that those games will be broadcast on NBC. Um also, now as you, you so you go through the gate and you're 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 walking to Universal Studios Florida, you're headed up Production Central toward Race through uh, through New York, starring Jimmy Fallon. So you walk by the Universal Music Plaza stage. Uh, they're hanging off the stage. You have giant, colorful banners that are paying tribute to uh, noted U.S. athletes like uh, Simone Bile. Um, and they're on the plaza because, you know, again, you know, the Universal likes to reuse things. Uh, we have those, uh, food tents, uh, that we had for Mardi Gras and Halloween Horror Nights. In fact, I think this was where you, you could get that, that thing with corn that was supposed to be teeth. Remember that from yeah, Halloween Horror Night? That, it, it's amazing how some of these things just, you know, they were only a couple of months ago, but it seems like generations ago. But yes, they, oh, they did yes, have it, corn that was like teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there we go. But anyway, so now uh, these these food booths are being used uh, to sell cuisine, uh, you know, that, that reminiscent of what you'd get if you actually traveled over to Japan and attended the 2021 uh, Olympic Games. And then finally, and this is what's fascinating, just this past Friday night, uh, we had a brand new nighttime show debut out on the lagoon at, at Universal Studios Florida. And this is a celebration of the Olympics on NBC. And it's, it uses all of this amazing footage that they got from NBC Sports. Um, and, and, you know, again, great looking show, you know, by the team that does such a great job with shows like cinematic celebration and that sort of thing. But, um, well, look, it's not really all that big a surprise that Universal Studios Florida is promoting the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games. Um, especially given that Comcast back in May of 2014, um, they actually paid an unprecedented, 7.75 billion, that's billion with a B, folks, to secure the broadcast rights to the Olympic Games for NBC and all of the NBC affiliated cable channels through 2032. Um, and so obviously Comcast wants some sort of return of investment for that $7.5 billion that they, they put, you know, paid out to the IOC, um, which is why they began advertising uh, the then 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics uh, Games uh, back in July of 2019. Um, but of course, the, the, the pandemonium knocked those commercial plans into a cocktail, uh, which is why Comcast is now redoubling its efforts. It's leaning hard on various divisions of the, 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 this corporation, like the Universal Parks and Resorts, uh, to help get the word out about the 2021 uh, Tokyo Olympic Games. Um, you know, so, and the folks at Universal Studios Florida, that's like, okay, sure, you know, promotion is a two-way street, so we'll help you promote our, you know, your 2021 Olympic game broadcast if you, in turn, help us with Velocicoaster. So, I, you know, so that's why on June 10th, uh, the Today Show will be on site for the opening of this new IOA thrill ride. Um, even so, even with, you know, the, the theme parks helping Comcast promote the Tokyo games, I have to tell you, Dustin, 
the folks at NBC Sports are nervous as hell, uh, largely because just six days ago, uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention here in the States issued a level four travel health advisory, which started out with this rather blunt statement, do not travel to Japan due to COVID-19. Um, so, okay, think about this. You're an executive at, uh, you know, NBC Sports. Um, you already had to move, you know, and you put years into the planning of how you were going to broadcast, you know, the, 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 the Tokyo, you know, 2020 Tokyo uh, Olympic Games. And you had to move it last summer. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, they, they found out, I want to say in March, that the games are going to be canceled. So, all right. So, you know, we had, you know, then they had, all right, we found out in March. And that gave us time to fill the hole in our schedule. Um, but now, you know, we just had, you know, you know just literally this past Friday, uh, the nation of Japan extend its state of emergency to June 20th. Um, and what if the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, what if they decide it's just too risky for athletes to travel to Tokyo and, and opt? You know, and the thing is, <laughs> right now, the IOC has flat out said there is no plan B. All right, because you, you got to remember that the you know they moved the summer games. They did not move the Winter Olympics. All right, though those are still going to happen in 2022. So it's like we either hold the Olympics games this July, or you know, the Summer Olympic Games. Oh, we don't hold them at all. Uh, and and so you're an NBC executive, and you don't have three months to plan for a hole in your schedule. You got six weeks. Um, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the stuff of nightmares. Uh, now, add to this that in Japan right now, current polling shows that 60 to 80 percent of that country's residents now want the uh, 2021 Tokyo Games canceled. Uh, and the concern there is, well, what happens when 15,000 uh, Olympics and Paralympic athletes from more than 200 countries uh, descend to Japan, you know, which is already overwhelmed by the pandemic. Uh, now, mind you, the IOC is, is insisting that, you know, more than 80% of the athletes and staff staying in the Olympic Village have already been vaccinated. Uh, more to the point that, you know, these 15,000 competitors will be compelled to stay within the security bubble that will be enforced around the Olympic Village and at the competition venue. But, um, you know, and then... Then there's the way this gets interesting is that when this most recent state of emergency was declared, Universal Studios Japan announced that, you know, it it would close as well. You know, it would honor the state of emergency, Mm -hmm. uh, which got extended, you know, uh, twice. But, you know, they they just announced last week that, you know, uh, Universal Studios Japan in Osaka would be reopening on June 1st. Uh, not only yeah. that, you know, to to help with the pandemic, they'd only open on week, weekdays because those were the days that, that the park traditionally had its lowest attendance. Uh, they'd stay closed on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. They'd keep limited hours. They'd only be open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then the kicker, they'd mm-hmm. only allow 5,000 people in per day. Um. Uh, but but again, you know that that so, 
you know, that was the plan, you know, uh, you know, announced on, on it, it may. And then this past Friday, they extended the emergency, which again includes Osaka, where the park is located, through June 20th. And I, honestly, folks, I have been hammering the entire time prepping today's show, you know, just looking for that press release. In fact, we're, we're going to take a second yep. here, just, you know, in real time, <laughs> Universal Studios Japan closed. And let's see. Nope, it still says Universal Studios Japan to reopen on June 1st and operate only on weekdays. So, uh, get it. nobody's blinked yet, you know. Um, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens here. You know, um, you know, I, I, I almost, you know, I almost feel worst about all the people here about the team at Universal Studios Florida who just put up all of this Olympic stuff. Um, that, you know, what happens yeah. if they don't go forward with this? You know, uh, you know, what do they have in the interim? You know, what would they replace this stuff with? I mean, you know, could be lean into promoting Fast and Furious 9, which, as we mentioned during the show, uh, recently opened in uh, major international markets, including China. Uh, in fact, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say uh, it was the top grossing film in china since uh, you know the pandemic happened uh and while we're talking of- there's there's not a lot of competition no though, when you're looking at you know that kind of a, a world but yeah that's that's super interesting the the thing that i'm i'm gonna bring up with regards to the the travel and you know athletes and such is that we saw two examples last year of uh bubbles mm-hmm. And we had the NHL bubble up here in in Toronto and in Edmonton. And uh, you brought, uh, I think it was 12 12 to 16 teams into the two two bubbles. And they were sequestered. They were in their own world. No one could go out. No one could come in. You basically were in the bubble. Same thing as what happened with the NBA at Disney World last year, where you basically had, you know, these NBA uh, stars with magic bands and they weren't able to go outside of zones. And uh, it cost a lot of money, but you had buy in. Mm hmm. And where my mind goes is that you're bringing, as you said, 15,000 Olympic and Paralympic athletes from 200 countries. That's not just the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's uh, countries that don't have a handle on, no, no, it's on over this pandemic. Two, 200 countries and territories. So, yes, you're right. That, and, you know, it, it, you know it, 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 as we talked earlier in the show, it's a very different story, you know, uh, depending on vaccination rates or infection yep. rates, depending, you know, where you are on the globe. So, so that's that's one thing to to kind of keep in mind as we're going through this process. It's a, it's going to be a changing uh, goal because we still don't know uh, uh, what's going to happen. There's a lot of uh, talk within the the community uh, of athletes saying whether or not it's a safe thing for them to go. And that's not just golfers and Mm -hmm. tennis stars, that's soccer, that's, you know, every sport. Mm -hmm. And um, you have NBA, the basketball is one of the highlights of the Summer Olympic Games. And will NBA stars uh, 
not go into something like this where they're putting themselves at risk. And I wonder if the teams would even have that kind of a conversation, knowing that they already lost uh, basically an entire season of revenue. They're mm-hmm. just finally starting to get uh, some tickets going out there. But yeah, it's it'll be, you know, one of those things. But that's not the only thing that's happening with uh, with Universal, right? We have one more well, yeah, uh, now, interesting thing. <laughs> now, and again, I apologize because, uh, you know, you got to remember that, that, that there's been, you know, uh, while all of this has been going on, work has been continuing on Universal Studios Beijing. And in fact, if the, the, the stories are true, um, Universal Studios Beijing began technical rehearsals this week. Um, you know, there, there, there was some talk earlier this year about how the park, uh, would have its official grand opening on June 1st. And that seems to have been scrubbed. And I think largely because again, of the pandemic and travel restrictions and the like, mm-hmm. but it's just, but again, earlier this week, there, there were a couple of tweets from folks who were on site about, Ooh, we're about to begin technical rehearsal. And then, you know, the, <laughs> the hammer came down, um, you know, that, 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 you know, I, you know, the news immediately dried up. So, uh, so Dustin and I are just throwing out a few feeders right here, folks, that if, if, you know, we're going to assume, given the way how dynamic the news is lately, by the time we record our next uh, episode of Universal Joint, that there there will be some, some info coming out from Universal Studios Beijing, and we'll share that with you. And uh, undoubtedly, uh, Universal Lando and Universal Hollywood will have changed their, their COVID-related policy yet again. Um, so, you know, we'll, we, we'll- we should put the note out there saying that we are recording this and the 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 facts are um are accurate as of sunday may 30th at 5 15 p.m there east coast standard time okay if so, anything so that, changes between now and then it's not our fault okay. <laughs> yeah so it virtually guarantees that, that you know we're going to stop recording in a, a, a moment so at 5 18 p.m is when they'll announce it <laughs> Universal Studios Japan is pushing back its opening till July. So um, anyway, folks, uh, Dustin, I want to thank you for listening in. And, uh, you know, that's always a pleasure to come here and and chat about what's going on with the Universal Parks and Resorts. And uh, and, and Dustin, you know, now that we're wrapping up here, well, where else can can folks find you online? Yeah, I'm over at StepsToMagic.com, Disney and Universal trip planning from a guy who can't get on a plane. um, it's it's really fun, though, because I'm having a chance to update articles and revisit uh, things uh, a little bit more often as, uh, you know, team member friends are reaching out and saying, hey, this is what's going on in the parks. So our hope is to get down there. But uh, for anyone who is checking out the Velocicoaster and spending time at the parks, we're there with you because you guys are living the dream that some of us who can't uh, get down to you about. But yes, StepsToMagic.com for all your Disney and Universal, you know, talking about cupcakes and all. Very cool. All right. Uh, We'll tell you what, folks, that's going to do it for us. Uh, And Nancy would like me to remind you uh, that we have a couple other podcasts here. We've got uh, Disney Dish with Len Testa. Uh, likewise, we have uh, Marvelous Disney. In fact, I'm re- going to be recording a brand new one of those with Aaron Adams 
uh, later this week. And God help me, I'm going to get a new looking at Lucasfilm out the door if it kills me. Uh, fine tuning. We did, Drew and I just did a, a fun new show there. Uh, and I still want to get a, a, a merch show out the door with Michelle Valladolid. The, the, I want that. I, but I kind of find the time to do that. All right. Um, uh, beyond that, uh, Nancy would also like me to remind you that we have a wonderful sponsor here at, uh, Universal Giant. Uh, that is Storybook Destination. Uh, they are our trusted travel partner. Uh, so if you're looking for a worry-free travel experience, uh, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Uh, likewise, if you want to keep tabs on us, uh, social media wise, uh, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. And, alright, I'm gonna do one more check here, Dustin, just to be sure. And, yep, yeah, Universal Japan still reopening on June 1st. So, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's 5.20 p.m. on Sunday, so, <sighs> that story will break in just a sec. Well, it's not our fault. Okay, thanks for listening again, folks. We'll be back soon. <laughs>